You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 484. Come to the circus and die. Welcome to episode 484 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am Quidditch Kid. <laughs> okay. Technically, I'm not Quidditch Kid. My my kid is Quidditch Kid because she just uh, got back from her Cub Scout camp, which was um, Harry Potter theme. She was select. She was sorted into Gryffindor, so was very happy with that. And um, and they they made potions. They made their own wands and indeed played Quidditch on the weekend. So it has been all Harry Potter all the time since she arrived home. (laughs) She's like, can we start reading uh, Order of the Phoenix again? And the answer is yes. Yes, we can. So... And did she read? Did she read it herself, or do you read it with her or to her? We've we've been reading it with with her. Like basically, you know, we'll read we'll uh, we'll read a few pages, then switch it over to her. And uh, but she's now at the stage where really she could just read it on her own. It's just she enjoys us reading it, and um, so. Yeah, so she's uh, she's you know really enjoying this, um, and we're, we've been looking at this as kind of the benchmark into the. She's been asking a lot about seeing horror movies now. She's like, I want to see a horror movie, and uh, and so we're gonna see how she reacts to the dark, you know, as the Harry Potter books get darker. Um, we're gonna see. Yeah, how they th- get kind of horrific. Uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> There's already been well, some. She's, she's seen all the movies though, right? No, she sees them as we as we finish the book. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's kind of the reward. Um, is is you know we will read the book, then you can see the movie, but we want her to uh, not get in the habit of um, the movie's better than the book. Uh, well, we don't <laughs> we don't yeah. want her want her to get in the habit of substituting the movie for the book. Um, you know, she can like whichever one she likes better, and that's fine. Uh, but but we don't want her to start this early substituting movie for book, and um, yeah, she can wait till high school when she's doing reports for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, was going to say that uh, get her into practice of uh, of that for high school using Cliff Notes, Cliff and, Notes, and the movie. Uh, yep, and uh, movies. Yes. Yeah. I think that that's a steadily worsening idea. <laughs> at least, the, at least using the movie of 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 anything, um, you know. I think that's that's a thing that that uh, you know people are are seeing. You know, it seems that people are seeing things like uh, the divergences taken in, like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, and saying, "Eh, maybe we uh, maybe we take a different direction here." <laughs> okay, okay. The day high schools require you to read The Walking Dead. Call me. Um, <laughs> uh, give them time, Darren. Give them time. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. <clears throat> Be Dickens and Hardy. No, thank you. <laughs> sorry, what was that? What was that about Hardy Dickens? Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. That's, a, that's an alias. <laughs> Over to you. And I guess I'm Hardy Dickens tonight. <laughs> Just, just because. 
wouldn't and be. I don't think I could say anything else about that because you know it just happened. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> oh. Well, now, <laughs> so I'll move this over to Travis. Yes. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Travis Lillisor. <laughs> And uh, follow that. Follow that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, completely different subject. I am old school kung fu comics lad. Oh, nice. The past uh, two years, uh, Marvel's been putting out this um, these omnibus editions of Master of Kung Fu and uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Yeah. And I've been buying them as they come out, and now they're all out. So I'm reading them, and uh, the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu was a black and white magazine in the 70s. Yeah. Right. And it had, you know, it had a lot of articles, movie reviews and stuff, and it'd have at least two comic stories every time. And what's cool is, uh, I mean, the stories are pretty good, but these editorials at the beginning of every magazine, uh, they're talking about, uh, they're mostly written by Tony Isabella, who was editing it at the time. Oh, really? And, yeah. And he's talking about... Um, their plans and the new creative teams and everything. And so you see that they had like, they had planned a new magazine that would be just based on iron fist, but it never happened. And, uh, that ended up, they took the first issue of that, which was completed and just made an iron fist focused issue of the deadly hands. And then he just got a regular comic series. And, uh, when they bring on George Perez for the sons of the tiger strip, yeah. You see Tony Bella saying, hey, we got this brand new artist, George Perez. You know, I think you'll like his stuff. Oh, wow. And I'm like, man, yeah, he, he's going to have some legs in this industry. And uh, it's just interesting every time he talks about all the new writers and artists and people writing in in the letters pages are people who become uh, industry professionals a lot of the times. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm I'm having a great time reading these. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm just going through my. Um, I have. I, oh, oh, okay. This is sorry. This is the. Um, the um, Master of Kung Fu magazine. Okay, the giant giant size uh, Master of Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. I thought I ha I don't have Deadly Hands. Oh, I gotta I gotta look into that. Yeah, because I'm I opened it and this it's like no this is in color <coughs> that's different. <laughs> yeah. Because didn't it start with like. One through fourteen. What was the scoop there? Of Deadly Hands. Of Master of. Oh, uh, that it was another series. It was is it Marvel Premiere? Um, oh, is that what it was? And then it and then they basically picked up the numbering where it left off. Yeah, they introduced. They were introducing new characters, and they introduced Shang Chi, and uh, he was really popular. And they just let him they take just, over the title. Yeah. Oh, okay. For what Master? Master of Kung Fu you're asking yes. about? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's oh, good. It's good stuff. I know Marvel had Master of Kung Fu, The Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, Iron Fist. Yeah. Uh, DC, they had Richard Dragon and Karate Kid. Yeah. I think there's a... I think it was all the major kung fu titles at the time. Yeah, and it, that's that's it. Yeah, but it was that timing thing, and uh, and I think that that Marvel actually landed the timing, um, you know, because they actually had it in '73. Um, so are you yeah. saying are you saying that this kung fu was done with expert timing? 
<laughs> I wouldn't say that. Uh, it came out fast so, as lightning. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so issues 1 to 16, uh, the title was called Marvel Special Edition, oh, okay. which was a reprint series with Thor and Sergeant Fury. And then uh, issue 15 was the uh, first appearance or the Iron Fisted first issue, <laughs> martial arts action as you've never seen it yeah. before. <laughs> promises, promises. And it's, it's, yeah. ri- it's and then, written by Steve Englehart and, and uh, Jim Starlin was the artist on it. Yes. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> and so that's where the... Uh, that's where the numbering came from. 15 and 16 were Marvel Special Edition. Oh, okay. And then with 17, it was... Uh, right. 17, they changed the title. Hands of Shang-Chi. In, in Master, to yeah. Master of Kung Fu, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's, uh, yeah, still Starlin on it. Like I'd forgotten that Starlin did that, that early stuff. Yeah, it's great. And in the... Uh, and I, I guess the giant-sized was, was actually later. Um, uh, they started that uh, pretty shortly afterwards because they said that's one of the reasons that Engelhart left is that they wanted him writing the regular series, the quarterly giant size series, plus the Deadly Hand stories. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was in 74. And that first issue, the it's uh, it's Doug Munch and Paul Galassi. Yeah. and Edited by Len Wein and Vinnie Coletta. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, Bill Mantlo was the colorist. Yeah, I think back then you kind of did whatever needed. Doing. Yeah, yeah, you, you worked you, you worked in the bullpen, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wow. Can can we get on with the introductions? There's one more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael. Uh, this kung oh fu. yeah, I'm here. I'm here too. By the way, uh, I am uh, the Earth 38 version of Michael Grabois. Okay. Um, I I am the same, mostly the same character that you knew before. I just have a different costume. Fair and enough. I hope that, <laughs> I hope people don't get too upset that I'm just wearing a different costume. <laughs> and there you go. Kids. But, there but, you wait, go. but wait, what color is your hair? Uh, what I have left of it is mostly black. Oh, 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 oh so no. not blonde? What the hell? No. What the hell? No, same same hair color, <laughs> just different costume. Just with a goatee. <laughs> no way, that's mirror well, universe. No, that, that would be the that would be the evil evil version of me with a goatee. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, a different costume. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Alternating color scheme, I'm sure. So let's get into some Legion news then. Speaking of which. All right. Um, it's news to me. I don't know if it's news to everybody else, but um, I just found that there is a new trade paperback coming out in August called Legion of Superheroes, The Silver Age, Volume 1, which uh, is a appears to be a color reprint collection of Archives Number 1 plus a few issues from Number 2. In trade paperback, 328 pages for 25 bucks. Wow! Mm. This is this is like the first third of the omnibus, volume one. 
wait. So the omnibus is hardcover. Okay, this okay. Is, so this is the, okay, and it, it's a larger volume, and this is uh, a trade paperback with covering the first third of it. Correct. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. And so that actually makes five different Legion collections coming out this summer. Wow. Uh, in May, we've got Legionnaires Book Two, which is the reboot version, and this is still early in the series with. Um, uh, with Jeff Moy as the penciler and Roger Stern and Tom McCraw. And uh, so early in the reboot, that's May. Um, oh, so wait, know, wait, they're just doing yeah. the Legionnaires series then? They're not doing... No, well, it's, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's called, it's called okay. Legionnaires, okay. but it's got all the books in order going back and forth. Oh, that's fantastic. And um, That's great that that, 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 that that run's getting collected. Uh, let's see. So Legionnaires book two has Legionnaires 25 through 30, uh, Legion 69 through 73 plus annual number six, plus hmm. the science police story from showcase <laughs> 95. Oh yeah. Oh, showcase 95. Yes. <laughs> mm. Good times. So this this volume covers stuff that was uh, March through August of 95. Okay. Yes. All right, so that's in, that's in May. Uh, in June is The Legion by Abnett and Landing, uh, Abnett and Landing Volume 2, uh, which covers uh, Legion Lost. Okay, so did they they came on with the storyline right before that, right? Yeah. Right. So what they what they were originally going to do is there was a Legion Lost uh, complete volume that was supposed to include um, widening rifts and Legion Lost and or and Legion of the Dam. You know that four four issues at the end of the Legion Era series and the and the Legion before. Um, but they broke that up into the Legion by Abnett and Landing, Volume 1. And then Legion Lost is going to be a new volume, even though they already had a Legion Lost in 2011. Okay, because, yeah, I've got that one. The I've got I think that. That was a hardcover, right? Yeah, I've got that Legion Lost hardcover. And I'm just looking. There was. You know, when they did uh, for a little while in 2011, they did, uh, like, just before the new 52 happened, they did a bunch of these uh, one-shot, 100-page spectaculars. Yeah, yeah. And so the Legion one for that... I think it was called DC Comics Presents the Legion of Superheroes. Correct. And that's the one they had to recall it because they printed them out of order. Ah. There were four issues, and it, it was printed in, like, chapters one, three, two, four. <laughs> and people and said it made they, no sense. <laughs> so they so they recalled it and issued a new one with a different color logo. So one is a yellow logo and one is a white logo. Okay, I've got the yellow logo. They, that is that the out I of order? Don't, I don't remember which one is which. I'd have okay. to look it up. All right. Yeah, so that's and that's got Legion of the Damned in it. Right. Okay. So okay. that is so then, that is also Abnett and Lanning book one. Okay. Okay. So and and so widening rifts came first, then Legion of the Damned, and that takes us into Legion Lost. Correct. Okay. And so widening widening rifts and 
uh, Legion of the Damned are both and the Secret Files. Book one. Yeah. Yeah, and, they did oh, a Secret right, Files yes, story yes. too. Okay. I, I've got to admit, my my Abnett and Landing run uh, that that is an area that I have not really covered. So I look forward to uh, to us at some point moving uh, moving into uh, the Archies yep. to 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 get into that stuff. All right, so that is June. Also in June is Legion Omnibus Volume 2. And that's the big honkin' hardback one. Omnibus Volume 2 covers Adventure 329 through 360. And it is the Silver Age Omnibus. Assuming they do a Silver Age Volume 3, the page count will have that go up to the end of the adventure run which is pretty much the end of the Legion Silver Age. The Superboy, the Superboy run is pretty much the Bronze Age of the Legion. Right. Yes. Huh. So you got uh, those two in June, and then July is Superboy and the Legion, Volume 2, which is reprinting, which would have been archives like 14 or 15, uh, had they continued that, it, let's see, the, it'd be volu- volume 15. This is the one that covers Earth War up through issue 258. And, and you know what's good about this is that this shows that there is, that, that, that they're, you know, they're, they're printing some of this backlist stuff, and that's great. But it's, you know, it, it's clear that the stuff that they put out last year did well enough to warrant doing further right. volumes. And if, if that's what they're seeing, then that, that does bring us that much closer uh, because there is there is some sales track record for it. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they've got five reprint books coming out in the space of four months. Yeah, it says something. You know, that, that, that's good. Any, any reprint, any appearance on the shelves is good news. Absolutely. And it, and it just remains to be seen who the new creative team will be and when the book comes out. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Um, <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I, I, uh, you, you know, it, it's, you, you know, I, I think some of it, because they seem to be borrowing so heavily from different runs as they go. Right. I think that, that, this is where they get they end up in and and that's clearly why they're you know labeling the uh um the early reboot stuff as um legionnaires right makes sense because it, it at least it. yeah it dif- it differentiate if it di- it does differentiate it but then when you've got the abnet and landing legion of superheroes you you've you know which is part of that re- really part of that later run right I think right. I think this is where we run into the where we we continue to run into sort of uh, uh, that that brand confusion and um, you know I, I think they would do well to you know because the, the, I, I look at this and and DC gets all concerned with uh, oh you know people are so confused by uh, by the different versions of the Legion it's like then why don't you guide them through it. Um, yeah. You know, and you can do that in trade dress. You can do that in um, 
you can you can do that in so many ways. You know, you can even do that in naming them differently, i.e., uh, Legionnaires versus Legion of Superheroes, and and find find a way to to utilize that branding. Um, I think that's where they. Uh, they they shoot themselves they 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 shoot themselves in the foot because uh, they they're not doing any, they're not doing much to help reduce that confusion and you know and it's and it's kind of a haphazard we've got some from later in that run and some from earlier in that run and a bit from here and a bit from there and then there's Superboy and the Legion and there's the Legion of Superheroes omnibus and there's the you know what's what. And uh, and I and I think that that having some sort of clear indication of that stuff, um, you know, they, they're more confusing than a than a set of uh, of of Love and Rockets books, you know, where it's like, well, which what what which what came first? I, I don't know. <laughs> and, and I and I think that that that's that's a, that's an area where they where they need to clarify they need to you know because someone picks up oh i, I like that legion book i got last month i'll get this one wait wait these, wait, wait what, what? yeah <laughs> you know i don't get it well this makes no sense yeah, why are the characters all different yeah yeah uh, and and you know it's it's when you know when you've got a set of characters that are confusing it is it is to your credit to find a way to guide people make it through unconfusing that. yeah and that's that's your job to sell a book. Yep. Oi. Yeah, I mean, you look at like uh, you know, and 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 I think I think Marvel did a great job with a lot of their essentials, and what and what they did was uh, was they had their X Men essentials that but basically started with um, the beginning of of the modern era, right? So so this was was from like giant size up, and uh, so that was essential X Men. Then when they wanted to do one um, that was the 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 you know Lee Kirby at the beginning, they named it differently, so you could tell which one you were getting, and uh, you know I think that one might have been essential Uncanny X Men, um, and but but they differentiated it. They 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 found a way to to differentiate that, and you know with with the essential X-Men, they basically started there and just kept working through the series chronologically. And then, okay, we're getting to the stage where X-Factor comes out and here's essential X-Factor, you know, and, and they, they, it it was, it was clean. It it, it was, it was a lot, a lot cleaner in, uh, in the way they went about it. And, and I think that, um, I, I I think that this is a this is an issue they've had in in, in collected editions for a long time, and um, you know those guys are supposed to be the smart ones. They figure out what what people are looking for, and they and they put it together. and uh, And I just don't see that they're. I see them kind of kind of falling asleep at the wheel of providing an opportunity to make it easier for fans to uh, to want to buy the stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, but they must be selling because they're coming out with new ones. Well, no, you're you're right. Absolutely, absolutely. I I, th- I think that the, that they run the, the, that. Yeah, I I think that I think that ends up being. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this round does. I guess is 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 the way I'm looking at it, because. Um, you know, did they run into that 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 sort of brand alienation last time? Remains to be seen. Um, uh, you know what? And now, now these kids today, they got the Wikipedias to look up uh, what came first. 
And they'll be like, why is this guy wearing a different costume? This is bullshit. And Saturn Girl's hair is blonde? What the hell? <laughs> well, you, know it. you know it's coming. And, you know that, right? <laughs> and uh, without, without saying anything about the content of the Supergirl episode, yeah. those, for those who are spoiler-verse, um, I've got the sales figures for all of the Legion books dating back to the adventure comics era, mostly through um, either the diamond catalogs or the statement right. of ownership. And if you go by the number of people who watched the Legion episode of Supergirl last week, yeah, uh, which will be one, a, a week ago as this drops, as this lands, yeah. Um, um, as many people watched that one is over two million people as purchased individual copies of every book the legion was in uh in the last five years of their run mm -hmm. going back to the phil jimenez adventure comics run yeah fr from there until the end of the new 52 series uh there were approximately two million copies printed up yeah. And so as many people were exposed to the Legion from that one episode of Supergirl as individually purchased five years worth of comics. So what you're saying is there there are far few people reading the comics than what than watching the show. Um well there's there's an infinite number because there's no actual Legion comic right now. Well, that's um, true. Yes. Yes. But I but I mean but, so if you look at over the last 5 years and arguably that was 2 million copies overall sold combined. Yes. Yes. And and out of out of all the series that includes the Legion Lost, yeah. New 52, the regular Legion, the Adventure comics, the Star Trek comic, everything all yeah. added together. Some of them and and but what I'm saying is that some of those like some of those would have been bought by the same people. Oh yes, obviously. Right? Yeah, there yeah. A, a, so it's not two, you know, it's not two million people buying those comics. It is two million no. units sold. So Correct. so in other words, we can, you know even saying the, the the five years we're saying it's even it's even less people than that. And um, if, if you go back to the statement of ownership in adventure comics. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it sounds astronomical now, but they had in the, like 1965, I believe, had over 800,000 copies of each issue sold. That was the average number. Mm -hmm. And so that was back during the 60s when circulation was a lot higher. But still, you know, more people. Uh, five times as many people bought uh, or, or watched that show as bought the Legion comic when it was at the absolute peak. Absolutely, yes. And, and so, so what I'm one of the things that I'm getting at here is you read a lot of the message boards and the different forums and groups, and people are upset about how, you know, why why are they not catering to the fans? <laughs> Um, because well, because the, we're the, the fans, because we're the ones that that will put them over the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we the 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 fans. Fifteen thousand copies of the last issues were sold. Yeah, look at fifteen thousand copies. You know, say that's the core 
readership. Yeah. The the diehard fans. Yeah. Fifteen thousand of them out there, versus over two million who watched an episode of Supergirl. Yeah. We, we Who's going to win? <laughs> yeah. We are we are in the noise when you look at statistics. Absolutely, we're we're the margin of error. <laughs> yes. And and that's I mean I understand that we are the diehard fans, but the Supergirl. Uh, show is not made for us. It's made for TV. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh. Oh what? He, he just got quiet. Uh oh. Oh, there he is. No, I'm. Damn it, Computo. I can hear everybody. Okay. All right. There we go. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, we lost you mid sentence there. Oh. All right. Well, I heard everybody else. Uh, what did you? What did I drop out at? You were just, you were just, we were just talking about the, how we're the diehard fans, and uh, they're not making that show for us. Oh yeah, that was that's pretty much. Oh it. okay, all right, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? If the way I look at it is, is a whole bunch of people got to uh, got to hear about the Legion, and and um, and that's a good sign. Um, and yes, it would have been nice to have had a new series coming out in conjunction with that. Yeah. But, you know, DC didn't even do anything for the Wonder Woman movie, so... There's that. But, yeah. but here's, here's the reality, though. When they have done things like that, with the exception of Batman, it, hasn't, it doesn't move the needle. It, it, just, right. it just doesn't. And so... Uh, you know, it, it's. I can understand why they're not going to go with dealing with, with the uh, the. The cost involved in and you know and and the overhead in, in bringing a, a new series out, when, it it when it doesn't move the needle. the The reality is is a lot of those Supergirl viewers, they're not comic book collectors. This is true. They're not buying the books. And everyone assumes that it's a one-to-one conversion, and it, it is, is so not. not. You know, it, 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 and, and, and has never been. Uh, you know, it will, it, the, 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 the diehards will be interested, but there's not enough of them to make it worth it. And, and that's, that's, just, that's just cold, hard reality, you know, is, is that, um, you know, uh, I remember when when uh, Blue Beetle was in um, uh, what was the what was the, the uh, what was the show? Um, Young Justice was it Young Brave Justice? Yeah, um, might have been Brave and Bold. Might have been Which when Blue Beetle are you started. talking about? Uh, Jaime, Jaime, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, and how his book got canceled right around the time that the show started, yeah. and uh, and and you know was it. I mean, I think there was a little bit of lag, but the reality was, is it didn't move the needle. Yeah. You know, everyone was like, oh, what, what idiots canceling the book right when uh, right when he's on this show. And it's like, but it's not changing anything. The book isn't selling. Well, it's two entirely different industries. Yeah. You know, Warner Brothers is just looking at, I mean, as a whole, they're just looking at them as properties to sell. They're marketing properties to sell. So... When they have two thousand two million people watching a show, then yeah, these properties are now valuable, and they're gonna they're gonna keep building them up to a yeah. point, you know. But until people start reading books in that volume, yeah, 
and I doubt we're going to see those numbers ever again. No. Then that's where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, just reading. Period. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm, and that's why I'm. I'm. I, I tend to be far more interested in the fact that they're doing, you know, five volumes of collected uh, editions, and and actually that might be their tie-in. <laughs> Is as at least we we're going to be able to put these where where people will see them, and uh, you know so the, the the direct the direct market becomes kind of the uh, the obstacle there. Um, anyway, but it's interesting and it's just it's nice to see there there's some sort of critical mass starting to build, and yep. um, I think I think we'll see some move on that pretty soon. And I notice um, and this is is not being spoilery because the picture's been circulated all over the place. But it seems Monel's going to get a new wardrobe. Yep. Yeah. He gets a red costume, and who knows if Saturn Girl's going to get something that's more pink or red. Nah, maybe she'll. Brainy could Brainy could get something more purple. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Not. I'm sure during the sweeps weeks they'll find a way to put Saturn Girl in a bikini. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she can t- telekinetically put it on herself. <laughs> <clears throat> A thousand Legion fans just screamed <laughs> <in> terror. <laughs> and and as I've said multiple places, the um, uh, for the people who are concerned about Saturn Girl's power set, yeah. Well, I will remind them that Projector was a snake in one continuity, and Brainiac Five married Dream Girl in another continuity. Yeah, lies, all lies, sir. <laughs> and. <laughs> And Brainiac 5 was a robot in the cartoon, and he was a white guy who looked like James Marsters on Smallville. So He looked a lot, a lot like James and, Marsters. I mean, a lot. He totally yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was so a vampire for a minute. <laughs> so there's room for a lot of different interpretations. Absolutely. I mean, I, I get why they don't make Brainy green. It's called green screen technology. Yeah, that yeah. they have to use on <laughs> exactly. these shows yes. for the yes. special effects. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Supergirl flies past him and he, his face disappears. I know, right? <laughs> like that would be <laughs> a little awkward. Uh, that's right. That's how they're going to do Invisible Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Invisible Kid will be just green, walking around. Hey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, that's, that's a very good point, Darren. And I think one that has been largely overlooked in uh, in the uh, the hue and cry. <laughs> I, I get that one. I get that change for just merely practical purposes. Yeah. So. Yeah. The other absolutely. changes. Meh. Let's move on. Yes. Yes. I know what we're doing is we're really just trying to delay getting into. Uh, I know, but we've got to take our medicine. I'm it's, afraid. It's, it's true. Hey, Michael, what happened this week in Legion history? <laughs> well, uh, glad you asked that. Um, uh, one thing that uh, that we missed a couple of weeks ago, um, most of the dates of the future stuff at, when I put that out comes from the 2995 source book yes oh with the exception of the birthdays which come from the 1976 i think it was dc calendar um and so for the 2995 source book what the beer bombs did is they said well if the legion has one liter per calendar year we can uh go back and retroactively 
put a date to all these things. That was a really smart way of going through it. Yeah. The elections are in January and then just kind of spitball where we think that this particular event happened. And so if you go back uh, that way, they calculated that 955 years from now, uh, beginning of January 2973, is when Rock, Garth, and Imra saved R.J. Brand from assassination. Nice. And so it is the, I guess it is the negative 955th anniversary. <laughs> is, is that is that how you I talk think, about the I an suppose. anniversary of something that's going to happen? Wow. <laughs> We could ask the Legends of Tomorrow crew. They would know. Yeah. yeah. And then in, uh, in 2988, um, that is when Glorith wiped out the population of Daxam. Damn. Oh, Glorith. And a, uh, a small group of Legionnaires begins planning a retaliatory attack against Glorith, uh, which is the five years later retcon of the whole... Uh, Conspiracy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, conspiracy. Yes. And um, as for what happened this week, not a lot of interesting stuff. Not as interesting. Uh, January twenty third, nineteen seventy eight. Forty forty years ago, was Superboy in the Legion number two thirty eight. Uh, yeah. 20 years ago was Legends of the Legion number two. I mean, it's hard to hard to believe that the reboot is already 20 years ago. Seriously. Yep. Uh, 10 years ago was Legion's uh, uh, volume five, number 38. Uh, and five years ago was Legion number 16 from volume seven. Which we haven't gotten to yet, and who knows when. Wow. So that is uh, this week in Legion history, and <laughs> I can't think of any other thing to delay talking about the space circuits <laughs> of death. <laughs> God knows we fight. tried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's a good one tonight, kids. Get your popcorn uh, and your cheese. Ah, uh, yes, there is fromage. All right. Um, let's do fromage. Uh, so, Legion of Superheroes, number 260. Um, we have uh, a Jovian attack squid, apparently, which looks basically like an octopus wearing um, Hot Girl's uh, mask. <laughs> um <clears throat> And uh, we have uh, on the cover, we have Timberwolf, uh, Princess Projectra, Starboy, Brainiac 5. And off to the side a little bit, probably looking for the exit sign, is, uh, is Phantom Jesus. Girl. And um, uh, <laughs> Bryn saying, get ready for action, Legionnaires. Someone's released the Jovian attack squid. And Brainy says, "You're right. One of those three people is trying to get us all killed. And we see it in, in the sort of in the foreground. Uh, uh, we have a uh, ringmaster, and uh, and it looks like two women standing with him. So, and no, the the ringmaster does not look like Keith Giffen. <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> not even a little bit. Um, 
Art by Dick Giordano. Yes, yes. He had a good he had a good run of covers on these. So yes, come to the circus and die. Um, so in this we have roll call. Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, Princess Projectra, Brainiac 5, Phantom Girl, Timberwolf, Starboy, and Monel. And uh, this one is. Everyone kind of gets a neck except for Monel and Brainy. Yeah. 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 And Lightning Lad. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. just the Marvel heads. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Marvel heads, exactly. Um, all right. So this one is brought to us by Jerry Conway, writer. Um, <laughs> Joe Staten and John <laughs> Kalnan are the artists. Milt Snappin, the letterer, Gene D'Angelo, the colorist, and Jack C. Harris is the editor. And so this is cover date, February 1980. Uh, so it means it would have landed sometime around December of, uh, of 79. Um, oh, s- sorry. Uh, November 19th to be specific. Oh, very interesting. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so this is your Thanksgiving episode. There you have it. There you have it. Yeah. This, Unless yes, you're this in Canada. A- That's right. I, it is. It is the Thanksgiving episode because this is just a big old Turkey. <laughs> oh damn! All right. So by the uh, 30th century, it turns out that the um, circuses have spread to the stars, and um, and uh, so uh, in the uh, galaxy, galaxy-renowned Bacar, uh, what Bacaro Bailey um, interstellar traveling carnival uh, and sideshow, which is currently booked in the solar system for a three-week run, but in this age. As in our own, it seems not everyone loves a circus star. And uh, it looks like there's uh, some sort of android blowing up, and uh, the guy who's running toward it, oh, lords and goddies, not again, not again. And um, they say, first our star fire eater dies from accidental food poisoning, then our weightlifter gets crushed in a malfunctioning waste disposal system. Star Wars reference? Mm. Um... And now, Roger, our head gymnast. And the guy says, isn't it obvious, assistant, assistant manager Clovis? Roger has been disintegrated by something in that box. It looks like a micro oven. Oh. Um, a damaged one, that is. And the, uh, I, guess it's, I guess this is the ringmaster with his orange hat. Um, he says, there's a card. For a great gymnast, a micro oven to prepare, prepare the delicacies of your distant home from an admirer. Are we to believe this is simply another accidental death? And uh, the assistant manager says, you may believe it, Ringmaster. I do not. And um, and, and, uh, and uh, Imic the Juggler says, only fools believe in fairy tales, and Imic the Juggler is no fool. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, do you realize what this means? There is a murderer among us, and if we're going to root him out, we need help. And uh, and so off to Earthport, where, according to history, the first true spaceport was located in the old American uh, state of Florida. But time and the laws of economics soon shifted the site of maximum activity from legendary Merritt Island and Cape Canaveral to a more accessible location. The result was Earthport, 50 miles outside Metropolis, and a scene of 300 landings and takeoffs a day. Uh, on a lonely uh, pad in the corner of the of the bustling port, one one more takeoff occurs, unnoted by any save a handful of colorfully clad youths, 
Here they go. Cosmic Boy, Shrinking Violet, Dream Girl, Karate Kid, Colossal Boy, Chameleon Boy, off to help R.J. Brand recreate his fortune. Hard to believe they're gone, says Saturn Girl. And uh, Brainy says, we owe R.J. Brand a debt for helping create the Legion. But you all know that, right? I mean, really. Um, they, they, they all know that. Mm. But in case you, reader, didn't know it, now you do. <laughs> um, and they said, at least we can do, at least we can do is aid him now when he needs help. All because, yeah, all because President Kanger ripped off Brand's fortune illegally, as you all already know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is some ham-fisted, um, uh, uh, exposition. But for a good cause, Wildfire, to rebuild an Earth almost devastated by the Kund War. Ah, uh, yeah, but who helps us, Lightning Lad? Who rebuilds our headquarters? I guess they were looking at maybe new people came in to this because uh, we we've done a bit of a bit of uh, in house advertising. Well, Super Superboy is gone now, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> uh, you know, for anyone who came along now, um, well, with, I just rename him Exposition Fire. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. Um, uh, who rebuilds our headquarters with Brand broke and the Earth government near bankruptcy? We do, Wildfire. Surely, after all we've been through together, we can work together to recapture a dream. Why ask the world to go to do for us what we can do for ourselves? Says I always thought you had about as much rom- romance in your soul as a computer, Brainiac Five. Maybe I was wrong. You're right. <laughs> we've been letting this thing wear us down, and for what? We're the Legion of Superheroes, aren't we? That means we can lick anything. Well, I can't because I don't actually have a tongue. Um, <laughs> but if I did, I'd be all over it. Um, I, I I just have a point about this panel. Someone check where Sunboy's arm is going. Because I'm thinking Saturn Girl smiling for a reason. <laughs> what? Just I saying. This, I think it's. Uh, hey, Looks no. like he's, he's getting a little side grab going on in there. <laughs> well, it is some boy. Um, I know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, then they say if you legionnaires are quite finished with yourself, congratulations. The government of Earth has a mission you must undertake. Oh, it does, does it? The way you've been treating us lately, you got a lot of nerve coming. Easy, Wildfire. You're tucking out a turn. I'm the leader until the next elections, or slightly before. Uh, so if anyone speaks for the Legion, it is I. What mission, mister? I am Secretary Feng of the Department of Culture. This is Aton Gisark of the Barley Carnival, cur- currently visiting our solar system on a goodwill tour from the Cygnus Confer- Confederation. Goodman Gisark has a problem. He says, someone is trying to k- kill... And then there is an alarm. Emergency, emergency. Incoming robot shuttle out of control. Condition red. Everyone, get back. And um, Monel says, I can handle this alone. And uh, Wildfire says, the heck you will. Why should you have all the fun? And Ultra Boy says, besides, that may look like a runaway shuttle. But if we (laughs) learned anything as Legionnaires, it's to never take any situation at face value. For all we know, this baby could be shocked full of explosives yes well done um thawoom close enough take a drink take a drink everybody please you're gonna need it (laughs) exactly um and uh so um mon al says i've got ultra boy you handle that falling debris he sure called it didn't he Uh uh-oh too much of that of the stuff going in all directions i can't energy blast at all and uh, that's okay, because some boy says you won't have to wildfire i can vaporize some of the chunks with solar flare heat and what, and what some boy cannot reach 
Timberwolf and the rest of us will handle each in our own way. Ah, oh, look at that. We're letting we're introducing everybody. It's not a bad teamwork. Thing. Yes, time. yes. Um, even if it means simply avoiding the debris. Oh, shocking! Uh, by turning phantom. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, or letting Brainiac Five protect us behind his force field. Ah, this guy has a force field belt. Um, Luckily, it was only a robot shuttle. No lives were lost. It's a good thing Ultra Boy switched his one-at-a-time superpowers to invulnerability at the moment of explosion. <laughs> wow. Wow, they are just all over the place with the uh, with the exposition. Um, I, I, it's not a bad Conway thing. Conway was really bad with that, It's honestly. so true. It's so true. <laughs> um, uh, now then, well, good... Wh- that? Why is, uh, why is Monel carrying Ultra Boy... Who presumably has a flight ring? Yeah, um, bromance. Hello. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Or he lost yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or or Ultra Boy's like, I don't remember how to use my flight ring. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra Boy. Ultra Boy is my name. <laughs> um, he says now. Now then, Goodman Gizark says, uh, "Lightning Lad, you were saying someone was trying to kill you." Um, a short time later, at the headquarters of the Department of Culture in the government sector of Metropolis. Uh, naturally, the implications are frightening, Legionnaires. If anything else were to happen to the visiting cultural de- delegation while in within Earth uh, territory, well, it could have disastrous repercussions. And um, Projector says, you're saying that this gentleman's circus is a cultural delegation? And uh, Brainy says, there ha- have been precedents at Princess Projectra. I'm going to use your very full name now. Um, in the 20th century, for example, here on Earth, gymnast troops uh, often exchanged uh, exhibitions between uh, belligerent nations as a first step toward negotiating peace. Surely you're not serious. This idea is absurd. He is serious, and don't call him Shirley. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, princess is a man, uh, uh, and so this guy looks straight out of a doctor uh, out of a doctor strange book um yes. <laughs> am i right they both do kind of yeah yeah well this is true yeah uh princess is a, ma- a member of your ruling nobility of your own world you must be aware that sometimes governments uh, p- behave in a frankly peculiar fashion i don't know what he's talking about um, no yeah. Uh, for years, the United Planets and Cygnus Confederation have been seeking a way to overcome our mutual antagonism, an antagonism which has grown up despite our common human heritage. This circus tour was my idea, actually. I was born on Cygnus IV, uh, but my uh, great-great-grandmother uh, was from Earth. She founded our carnival, Old Grandmother Barley, and it's kept her name for the last uh, for the past two centuries. I was hoping if we brought the carnival to Earth and showed the people of the United Planets how much our two cultures shared, it was an opportunity we couldn't ignore. And he says, now someone's killing off the members of your troop. And you think there might be a political motivation? And um, <laughs> Brainy says, the theory seems as if it might be true. Political radicals are notoriously illogical. Ah, he's getting his Spock on. Um... So Lightning Lad says, well, friends, I guess there's only one thing to do. Brainy, Monel, Timberwolf, listen closely. And uh, so uh, clearly they are told to um, infiltrate the circus. Uh, no matter where it is or when, a cir- or when, a circus is still a circus and no circus is complete without a sideshow featuring an assortment of human and 
in human oddities, perhaps less odd than the universe which spawned them. And uh, so we have a strong man um, and a fat man, two recent additions to the Barley Carnival. And uh, so we have um, uh, Projectra putting a disguise on Starboy, who is using his mask to make him uh, liftable. And um, he look, he, she's making him look like the Blob from the X Men, and uh, Monel is the is the strong man, and um, and he says Lightning Lad had the right idea, picking six of us Legionnaires to disguise ourselves as performers. Whoever's trying to kill off the members of Gisark's Carnival and Gisark himself may be one of the Carnies, and by pretending to be Carnies ourselves, we may be able to get close to this killer of killers without their knowledge. Wonder how Jackie is working out as a fortune teller. And uh, she's uh, saying, You will know wealth beyond your wildest dreams, but you must work hard and you must work together, or your dreams will be no more than dreams. And she says, Som- Somehow I do not think I am cut out for this so- sort of thing. I hope Brainiac 5 and Phantom Girl fare better. And uh, so off we go to them. And we see them on a floating uh, platform, um, and he is the amazing Azoff. And his lovely assistant, Cindy Rella. Cindy Rilla. <laughs> really, Tinya, Cindy Rilla? You couldn't have chosen a name without such classical illusions? Don't beat such a stick in the mud, Brainy. He says, this is real wish fulfillment for me. Let me enjoy it. Uh, oh, very well. Or she says, this is real wish fulfillment for me. Let me enjoy it. And he says, oh, very well. I ha- only wish we had time to practice a few real magic tricks rather than depending on your phantom powers to create the illusion of magic. Quit arguing, Brainy, and saw. Just saw. And uh, um, she says, uh, poor Brainy, Wildfire's right. He isn't very romantic. He can't just relax in words of begitzel. The animal tamer, one of tamer, one of his beasts is breaking loose. And it is the aforementioned Jovian attack squid, one of the deadliest monstrosities in the solar system. They're dangerous even when the tamer is in full control. But right now, it's gone completely berserk. I can't let my la- my. I'll bet my last credit this uh, creature didn't get loose by accident. But that doesn't matter now. It's out to kill its ex-master, and it's only a matter of seconds before it does just that. Unless I can distract it. Hey, bozo, want a fright? Take a look in a mirror. Oh, she's dissing him. Um, I can. It can't understand what I'm saying, but I'm, it sure can read my tone. And being mocked has driven it completely over the edge, fi- figuratively and literally. The poor dumb brutes, t- it's test, it, it, test, <laughs> whoa, Freudian it's slip. It's testicles? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> it's tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Take a drink, kids. <laughs> Just take a drink for that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> may be able to support it in Jupiter's monstrously thick atmosphere, but here, in this thin air, they were about as useful as flippers on a horse. Good. The, the crowd's applauding. They must believe this was all part of the performance, and this certainly was part of someone's performance. This dart must have been fired into the attack squid's torso from backstage, and it's been treated with enough mind chemicals to drive even a cow into a frenzy. If I didn't believe it before, I'd have to believe it now. There's a murderer loose in the space circus. And uh, so they're talking about this, and Brainy says, My research has isolated three possible sub- suspects. Well, don't leave us hanging, Brainy. Who? I programmed the computer to check the circus personnel for opportunity and means, and only three names appeared. 
Each of these members had the troop of the troop had the chance and the intelligence to perform the murders, and none of them could be accounted for during the time of the killings. First, the highly intelligent creature known collectively as Tyrus, the composite clown. Second, the female from Bran's planet, Clovis. Uh, assist, uh, he's the uh, Clovis, the assistant manager of the circus. And third, the juggler, Imic, a native of Cygnus IV, uh, one of the race of beings who inhabited that world before human colonization. Any idea which of them is our killer? The data is insufficient for anything other than a wild guess, Monel. We must wait. For what? Says Starboy. Another killing? And Jackie says, I'm sure Brainiac 5 wasn't suggesting. That cry from the main tent, what could it... Timberwolf, he's performing the gymnast routine. Great galaxies, what if the killer is trying for him? So when we go, just one minute ago, high over the gaping crowds, a lithe form tumbles in quiet grace from one of the floating anti-grav bars into another uh, in a complicated aerial ballet, combining the skills of the trapezist with the gymnast. For the hero known as Timberwolf, there is a moment of high fulfillment. For an ordinary gymnast, this would be a fatal climax, but for Bryn Londo, the Timberwolf... All one word. Uh, it is less uh, a sentence that, of death than a challenge to live. It, and Aren't they supposed to be in disguise? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in his costume. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think we've lost that part of it, but let's yes, move on. Yes. Yes. Uh, not so much undercover. No, not at all. And he says, uh, "He says, Timberwolf, are you all right, my friend? Yes, but my murder was attempted. <laughs> what? <laughs> well." <sighs> Just wow, um, and uh, and they say, "Hey, he's fleeing." And if that isn't as good as a sign, a sign of confession, as, uh, they're looking at Imic the, the juggler. Oh, sorry, he says, "There's the would-be killer." I'll bet one of Brainiac Five's three suspects, Imic the juggler. He's fleeing, and as if that isn't as good as a sign of confession, and a beast gets projected in front of him, and he says, "Monster, horrible." The only monster here is you, says Monel, a cold-blooded murdering monster. The other monster is just a projected illusion, courtesy of Princess Projectra. Thanks for the assist, Jackie, but we've got matters well in, I've got matters well in hands. Um, it would seem we've found our killer, and yet, don't tell us you're upset because it turned out to be so easy, Brainy. Aren't we entitled to an easy assignment now and then? Perhaps we are now and then, Princess, but somehow this just seemed too easy. And I have this terrible intuition, if you will, that our murderer is still at large. I will very shortly strike again, and we actually see feet, and then uh, and then a full I, torso with a gun. Yep. Up in the. Uh, it's a two-parter, cow. kids. A two-parter. Oh, and truer words were never spoken, as you and the Legion will learn next issue, at the Space Circus of Death. Dun dun dun. Yeah. So there we go. Wow. Wow. That's a it's now lot. a good time to mention. I'm. I've never been a fan of the circus, really, ever. Just checking. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. I'd be considered a suspect here or not. But, you know. Uh, uh, well, it, it's thousand. It's it's a it's over a thousand years away, Darren. So. Oh okay. Yeah. So, so I've got time to plot yeah. my getaway. Yes. Sweet. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rough start. <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, th- you know, it, it is very much of its time. It is indeed. And uh, and I think that what they were trying to do is to welcome new readers to the fold and. Uh, yeah, possibly not a bad thing, and and you know what, to to a certain degree, it was working because uh, we we saw this uh, this book, you know, gradually evolve into being one of the top selling books at DC. Um, ah, but here we go on the uh, letters page, second letter in uh, from Shoshana Green, 
uh, in Cambridge, Mass. Uh, wow, you guys have created a, a first in comic book history. You even snuck it in so subtly I didn't notice it until I flipped through my back issues. With the introduction of Tyrock, um, his two um, <laughs> his two stories and his subsequent fade out, you have created the first token superhero. Bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he says, uh, Jaxie Harris replied, we plead not guilty on this one, Shoshana. And in the months to come, we hope to clarify that. Tyrock is a difficult character for writers to handle, proven by the fact he has never been handled realistically. Um, some writers wrote him as as someone trapped in the, as, as someone tra- as if someone trapped in the 50s where uh, he copied, uh, where copied, what? Where, where others copied current uh, television trends and others ignored him altogether. We're working on a new presentation for Tyrock, including his origin, and hopefully that will clear up the Tyrock question uh, and once and for all, and he, and he can become a valuable legionnaire. There you go. Yeah. Or, right. they, can just, or they can just kind of shuffle him off to nowhere and then forget about him for years. Yeah. Yep. That's what's yeah. going to happen. Uh, speaking of sales, by the way, uh, if you're interested in numbers, uh, once the Legion took over Superboy's book in 1974, uh, sales for that year were 225,000 copies on average per issue. Why, that's almost a tenth uh, of the people that watched. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 19... 19- 1975 was issue 206 through 213, uh, average 222,000. Uh, 1976 was 218,000. And then for some reason, 1977 sales dropped to 184,000. Um, and then when it, uh, um, Superboy and the Legion changed title and it became the the big um the 50 cent book instead of 35 yeah sales dropped to 141 um where we are right now oh, sorry not yet um 1979 was 162,000 so sales picked up uh yeah. in after earth war and where we are right now um the 1980 cover dated issues it was down to 130,000. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's interesting. One of the things you brought up there was just the, the correlation with, uh, with cover price. And that's, um, that's an interesting data point that I don't think really gets looked at. Um, you know, you know uh, again, when we talk now about the difference between 40 cents and, and 50 cents, you know, it, it doesn't feel like a big deal. Um, but that would very quickly turn into a dollar and a dollar twenty-five and and so on and right. so forth. And, uh, and but I also think that that you know again you're talking about something that went up by twenty-five percent. Yep. And and uh, fo- following uh, following this year's worth of stuff that is arguably bad, um, sales dropped to one hundred and seventeen thousand for nineteen eighty-one. Wow. Um, and then. Uh, Levitz took over. Uh, sales picked up 127,000 in 1982, 166,000 in, in 1983, mm-hmm. and then 140,000 to finish up the series before it went over to Tails. 
Okay. And then uh, sales of the the Baxter book were uh, started out pretty high and then predictably fell just like every book yeah. over time. I mean that's that's what that's what books do, right? Is uh, right. yeah. Uh-huh. You know that it, that's that good jumping on point, and uh, and then and then people start to drop off in varying to varying degrees. Right. So, so what you're saying is that in fact that exposition did not lead to an increase in sales. That would, not yes. yeah yeah fair enough fair enough. Um, and it it so the 1982 um, starts with issue 283, which was I think the first. Um, uh, Levitz and Pat Broderick, eighty-three yep. somewhere in there, or that was the Wildfire issue, somewhere in there. Yeah, that's that's the start of the sales increase that lasted a few years. Yeah, so yeah, two eighty-three was the was the Wildfire special, and then and then Broderick and uh, Levitz took over. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, no, that's a, it's an interesting perspective. But now I'm and you've really got me thinking about that whole cover price thing and uh, and sort of the impact that that had. I mean, there are, are obviously other other variables. You know, we we, we just come had at this point. You know, just really come out of the uh, the DC implosion, uh, which you know coincided with Earth War. So you know, we understand how they're feeling. <laughs> yes, seriously. Um, yeah. So. Um, no, it's just it's a it's an interesting uh, uh, perspective on sort of where this run was at, and and you know I mean there's there's the, there are again so many variables you know you have to look at what what was the overall uh, title count in the line, um, right. uh, you know and and at the time this is when they were doing uh, where they were taking returns you know and it was yeah um, it was it was a different time in the business to be sure um, you had a lot more points of distribution. And um, while well, they were willing to do so, and I wonder—I I mean, they—they they just had to do strip cover, I think. So um, I don't even—you uh, know—they—they they might have just been issued credit instead of returning issues. So yeah, that's what it was back then. Yeah, and and because I would imagine, you know, I mean, spinner racks could be rough on a, on a, on a comic as people, yes. you know, scrolled through them. They—they um, they took a beating. They still do in the few places that actually have spinner racks. Ah, yeah. spinner racks. Seriously, yeah. I miss them. Mm-hmm. Me too. They All right, so I've... Oh, Oh. Yes, we're not quite done yet. Nope, I've got uh, some Stump the Subs questions. Oh, boy. <laughs> that I've been uh, uh, waiting until I remembered to join the, uh, <laughs> to join up to, to read. <laughs> yeah okay question number one uh, in the silver age and and this specifically refers to um, the adventure era okay uh, almost every member had a name that fit the pattern of a description of their power and their gender or youth for example, Karate Kid, yeah. Green yeah. Girl, Princess mm-hmm. Projectra. Which Silver Age Legionnaires did not fit this pattern? Well, okay. Monel comes to mind. That's one. Brainiac 5. That's two. 
let's see here. I'm just going down the list in my head. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Cosmic Boy really demonstrated what he did. Cosmic doesn't say magnetic to me, so that's close. But he's got a boy in it. Yeah, true. Shrinking Violet. Yeah, I mean, it's got the shrinking, but the violet. It doesn't, doesn't have the girl lass or. Well, but it's damsel. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I counted that as part of her gender. Yeah, yeah arguable, but that's not one that I had on my list. Guess matter your lad is too on the nose, huh? Um, and and you got the gender thing in there. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I was being <laughs> silly. Uh, someone in this very issue. Um, Timberwolf, I yep. guess. Yeah. So Brain Emon L and Timberwolf, everybody else in the Silver Age was a kid, boy, girl, last lad, king or princess. King or princess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Question number two. Throughout all continuities. Oh, wow. Uh, so we have over 50 years of Legion stories. Which Legionnaires did not use a code name? Instead, they just used their real name. Oh, um... Like throughout all continuities, if they did not use a code name at one point or another, um, they, they as, as, their, as their regular name in the Legion, some of Block. them did not. Yeah, like Block, for example, did not have a code name. Right. Although, if he was Silver Age, he probably would have been Block Lad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, Easter <laughs> Island kid. Come on. <laughs> I'm pushing for that retcon. Um, <laughs> Dawnstar? Dawnstar is another one? Yeah. Now, do you count someone like uh, Laurel Gand, even though the later version of her was Andromeda? Uh, I had her on my list because... In the five-year gap timeline, she was only known as Laurel Gand, and it was only her SW6 counterpart that went as... That was Andromeda. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, would you count Devlin Orion? Um, I know at one point they called him Reflex, but... I don't know if that was his... uh, I don't know, did he actually have an official real code name? I don't think he actually did at any point. I just think they called him Reflex, but I don't think he went by it. All right. Well, we can. If that, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah. it was weird toward the end of that run. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I guess. Do we count the Kuhned members? Because we don't really know what their real names were. Or do we? Uh, yes. All four of them. Those were their real names. Okay. So Blader Web, Firewist. Firefist, Veil Mist, and Bloodclaw. Correct. And there's one more. There's one more, uh, Shikari. Uh, I did not have her on my list, but I guess that fits. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one so for me. There's still one left. Yeah, Shakespeare? One left. 
Uh, he had he had a name. It was Impulse. Impulse, yeah. Kono. Yeah, Kono. No, but her name was no, Britta. Her name was Britta. Britta. That's oh, right. That's right. Oh, no. <sighs> yeah. And I'll give you they a hint for the juice because she was juicy. <laughs> this Legionnaire also appears in this current issue. Ooh. Uh, Projectra. Yeah. Princess Projectra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's her actual name. Although her she, actual she name. took a different name later, but <laughs> right. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right. Now, this last one Next. is not complicated, but there's a lot of answers. <laughs> uh, so, which Legionnaires, during all the various continuities put together, went by five or more different code names when they were Legionnaires? Oh my God, <laughs> Ayla Rands. Yeah, not not win. counting temporary names like Bob Cobb. That doesn't count. Yeah, real code names, right? Ayla so Rands. Real actual code <laughs> code names. And what did you say, Darren? Ayla. Uh, can you name? Lightning Lass, Light Lass, Gossamer, wasn't it at one point? Yes. Yes. Um, and some others that are like beyond that. Wasn't she also like Livewire Two or something at some point? Or uh, close. Spark. Spark. She was Spark. spark? Yeah. And wouldn't you count Lightning Lad for her first appearance? Uh, that was Lightning not her Lightning. regular code name. Ah. Uh. Uh, she also had one towards the end of the uh, um, the Legion on the Run and the Giffen or the the end yeah, of Volume Four. I don't remember what it was, but I don't remember it. Oh, um, it wasn't Spark. Spark was in uh, the uh, Spark was Archie. the reboot. Yeah, the reboot version. Um, oh, I can't remember well, I, that. I, I I didn't remember it either. I had to look it up. Uh, but she went by Pulse. Pulse. Ah. So, according to my research, she is one of three Legionnaires to have five different code, code names. names. So, let's think about the other ones. Um, hmm. I guess Violet's in there. Can Got you name her? Drinking Violet. Okay. And then virus, yeah, Leviathan, Leviathan, yeah. oh, God, Adam uh, girl, Adam girl, yep, <laughs> that's four. Darn it, where's the fifth one? Uh, according to my research, she uh, was officially just named Violet at some point okay. as, so as an go. official name. Hmm. Good old Violet. All right. All right, and there's one other. Another one that's had more than five or more names. Right. And I, uh, if it helps, I was only able to find five. Five different code names. <laughs> Wait, uh, triplicate, help. triplicate Girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, Triplicate Girl, Duo Damsel. That's two. Solo Sister. <laughs> that's my nickname for her. <laughs> uh, Solo Sister had a code name. With Una? Yep, that was during 52. Yeah. Or uh, Countdown. Uh, duplicate we don't know what you're girl. talking about. Yeah, we don't right? talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, Duplicate Girl? Triad. 
And those are the five. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So there we go. Hey. So it took it took a combined legion of substitute podcasters Indeed. to to get all the names. <laughs> Very impressive. Awesome. I'm just glad our brains are working. <laughs> exactly, especially like, after after what we just read. I know. Yes. yes. But just wait, it it gets better or worse or or it it gets more difficult over the next few weeks as we go over these issues. Uh, we'll manage. We'll manage. Yeah. All right. That's all okay. I got. All right. Anyone Woo-hoo. got anyone got anything else? Nope. I'm good. I'm good. All right. Comments as always are welcome Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. In addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, and we're going back to the damn circus. And we will see you all next week. Back scratcher, back scratcher.